The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. And if you want your own podcast, we can produce one for you. Go to pod617.com to get started. It's the Boston Podcast Network. We produce podcasts out of our Westwood, Massachusetts studios and anywhere around the world remotely. Everyone's doing it remotely these days, of course. That We've got a return guest to the show. His name is Richard Bunbury. He is the proprietor of an amazing innovation or a cult fault. Is it a cult? Is it officially a cult now, Richard? <laughs> Not quite. I'm, I'm hoping uh, it's still in the uh, innovation category. Innovation. I'm just kidding, of course. It's called Popu- <laughs> Populometry. And if you want to visit the website, I'll tell you right off the top. It's pop- P-O-P-U-L-E-M-E-T-R-Y, Populometry. And we talked about before, very interesting, a notion that you can invest in things that we kind of know about, entertainment, movies, TV, et cetera. How, let's talk about that. How is popularity going so far? So oh, pretty good. I've gotten a lot of uh, interest from, you know, potential customers, folks interested in learning more about it. I'm working on software to, to make it happen full time. So I think we're probably a few months out from uh, version one to kind of give people an opportunity to explore the popularity of any entertainment content for which there's been sort of any talk interactions about for I don't know, the last 20 years or so is the goal. So I'm pretty excited about that. So you could actually pick something that happened 10 years ago, but might still gain in popularity. Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I, I, the the example I always go back to is Mariah Carey's All I Want Christmas, right? I don't even know when that song came out, but every year around Christmas, it's Somehow the billboard, you know, hot 100 charts again, probably because of all the malls and the department stores playing it over and over again. (laughs) Right. But, you know, something like that is you're going to see that every, every season, every year. And then last year or two years ago, you know, Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill was featured in Mm -hmm. uh, the Stranger Things uh, season. And 30 years later, that's back on the number one chart. So there's lots of precedent for things featured in movies or TV shows or even a sample on an album. And then somebody goes and looks it up and suddenly it's, it's back at number one again. So what, what I want to do is create this sort of holistic view of the popularity of entertainment content at large and start there. And so when, once we launch the marketplace, folks can, they, they have a sort of intrinsic understanding of the entire history based on the internet. So the entire history of the of popularity of entertainment content based on the internet. So there is. Um, a sort of start date, essentially. Right. Uh, people forget that YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, those those are websites and apps weren't around. I don't know in the late nineties, early two mm. thousands. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a there's a sort of threshold. Right. 
I do a music podcast called the Past Tens, the Top Ten Time Machine, and we talk about things like this, the the Kate Bush phenomenon, the song being featured yeah. in Stranger Things. That could put her in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is odd because it's not a, it's not as if the she's up for the Hall of Fame and they attribute the success to this, and it's not as if wow, it's not as if the song is any different than it was when it first came out in the eighties or nineties or whenever it came. It was the eighties, yeah. I guess. And but nonetheless, it's revival, and that's a fascinating thing. It's kind of cool that you allow people to invest in it. Like the, we were just yeah. talking the other day about the song Africa by Toto. And that song seems to get more popular every year for no apparent reason. People, I, people like it, I guess. I don't know. That's an interesting one. Yeah. 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 And I think that the big difference is the, the connection. We're just more connected than we like. We, I, I have never heard of, of or I had never heard of Kate Bush before on yeah. uh, that Stranger Things season. And I was able to, you know, look up the video on YouTube immediately. And there's that sort of instant connection to the art forms that we just didn't have 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So there's, there's going to be a lot of X or new generation, um, discovering this thing now, because now it's cool and, and it's retro and it's, it's featured in something that you're connected to. Yeah. It's going to keep happening. I, I know I've been watching the TV show with Natasha Leone, poker face and uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, a lot of I know the first episode ended with Paul McCartney's song "Junior's Farm," which I was barely familiar with. But something like that could be all of a sudden it's it's back. And so I think someone like Billy Idol is probably like calling up the producers of like White Lotus and saying, "Hey, for the next season, why don't you put in some of my music? It would really rock." So yeah. you never know. But very interesting concept. So. Now, because you're the king of all media, you've you've writing working on a book. If I have it right, it's called "Why the Stock Market May Be Rigged." Is that right? Yeah, it's actually the stock market uh, may be rigged. How to play the game and win, mm -hmm. and it's really a culmination of um, all the research I did to kind of make popularmentary happen for the I don't know the past what feels like four or five years, I did research on existing financial markets, which obviously includes the stock exchange. And so what I learned was that people are, people try not to say it this frankly. If you, even if you just look at the past two years, right? Things that have happened, ignore 2008, ignore the, the, the mortgage crisis. Just, just look at what happened with Robin Hood, Citadel and the apes. It's pretty clear that there are people who look at the stock market as a way to build wealth. And then there are people who control the stock market and actually build wealth using the stock market. And so what I discovered is there are um, systems intrinsic to the infrastructure of the stock market that just, you know, make it not possible for the retail investor to compete. There's, there's no way that, that uh, I, as a retail investor with a laptop can compete with um, a high frequency trading system that can trade in microseconds. By the time I see a share price, it's, it's technically 30 years later for a high frequency um, trading system. Mm -hmm. And so there's just no way to compete with that kind of technology and that kind of speed. So the book is, is really, here's, here's a, a frank discussion, frank sort of look at the, the infrastructure, the way the system works. It's not really an opinion. It's just, here's how it works. And then, and then my opinion is I, I think based on this, or I make an argument based on all this information 
but the system's kind of rigged. You know, you can't, you can't really, it's not very different from playing the lottery in a lot of ways. You can be educated, right? But in terms of actually turning your hundred, hundred dollars, thousand dollars into something that can grow. If you're, if you're investing in individual stocks, it's a fool's error. So I, I talk about investing in indexes and ignoring the ups and downs, ignore Bill Kramer, ignore folks who are like oh, trying yeah. to get you excited to, to, to make a change and just stay the course and uh, focus on your goals. It's not as sexy. It's not as cool. You're not, you're not going to, you're never going to make mm -hmm. uh, a million dollars on, on the stock exchange. Um, Unless you're willing to, you know, risk a lot and perhaps lose a lot, but it, it it's rigged. And the way to play the game is to not really play the game. Well, I think you're right. I mean, I, I was a financial advisor for five or six years or so, and uh, was trained by some very smart people at Bernstein in New York. And and the first thing I learned was that it it's actually it's the stock market is incredibly can be a, incredibly complex. But it also can be painfully simple. If you want, if you want a long-term nest egg, a not a nest egg, a retirement account, whatever, and you yeah. want your money to grow over the next twenty years, it's not that hard to do. You put it in an index fund, a stock index fund, an established one that's diversified in whatever way it's supposed to be, and then you just leave it alone. And the stock market has yeah. has never lost money over a fifteen-year period, and only once or twice did it lose money over a ten-year period. So if you leave it alone, it's going to be fine and you don't try to time it. But as, but as far as individual stocks, you're absolutely right. Because stock picking, I don't know why, but no matter how many smart people try to do it, it's, it's, still, uh, it's still like a crapshoot, yeah. you know? I mean, there, there, yeah. are, there are some financial firms that pull this dirty trick. They say, hey, these are the, look at the performance of the stocks we're investing in now. And uh, mm. over the last five years, these stocks have been up there, 27%. Well, but if you carefully read it, it's like, here's the stocks we're investing in now. Meaning they just, yeah. they just got into those stocks because they knew that those yeah. stocks performed. And in fact, if you look at the data, those stocks are, are less likely than just an average stock to perform well because they all go through fits and starts and peaks and valleys. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So Jim Cramer's not Jim Cramer. He's nuts. Yeah. He once said Lenny yeah. Dykstra was one of the greatest investors he'd ever seen. And Lenny Dykstra was actually wow. just involved in fraud with sale of a right. exactly. whatever he did. Exactly. So the, so the, the moral, the moral of the story is don't play or is the moral of the story, the, it's just kind of sad, but the rich are getting richer. Blow I mean, it's, it's both, right? It's, <laughs> okay. it's, the rich are definitely getting richer. I don't, I don't remember the exact number, but it's something like 10, 15%. Some number of people own 80% uh, of uh, stocks in the stock market. So there's, there's no way to, that's an insurmountable grip right. uh, to, to sort of strangle away. Um, I, I really focus on the point that there are, you know, actors in the space, like figureheads, like, like Bill Kramer, who, who kind of have, uh, allowed, uh, have, has a loud voice and, and a captive audience. And then there are newer opportunities, I guess we can call them like, like Robin Hood, wherein it's, you're almost incentivized to, or they're incentivized to make you trade as often as possible, which is not a good idea, as right. you said. 
the, the way to do it is to choose an index fund and walk away. So when I say don't play the game, I mean, this, this, this game where there's an idea that you can actually pick the stock right. that will jump some multiple in terms of value by the end of the month or the year, I suppose you could, but that is no different from gambling or playing the lottery. Yep. Um, and I, I expect that the, the odds are just as astronomical. Why do you think that is? Because the, you'd think that a level-headed person could look at a new company like, I don't know, they're not new anymore, but like TikTok. Like when TikTok came along, you kind of heard whispers about it. Oh, it's this new video app, whatever. It seems to be popular. You'd think that, uh, now I'm talking with hindsight, people could say, well, kids love that stuff. They seem to be well-funded. Mm -hmm. They're backed by some serious people. I'm making this up, by the way. I don't know. But I'll invest in that. And then meanwhile, there's a company opening up a store that only sells sandwiches with pickles and, and peanut butter. Like, I don't <laughs> think, I, I think they're probably going to fail. Like, you'd, you'd think somewhere there would yeah. be this. But For sure. why, why do you think it is? Is it just simply because business is just, the, the success of a business has so many moving parts that it's just impossible to, to pinpoint it? I do. I do. And there's also another level to it, right? We, we can talk about the fact that there are sort of certain groups of people that might have access to that information. And then there are groups of people who are not even thinking, they're thinking about how am I going to, is there going to be traffic on the way to work today? What am I having for lunch? They're not mm -hmm. thinking about, oh, this, this new app, TikTok, I can invest in it and make some money. Right. In fact, I think Robinhood kind of proved that because the only reason Robinhood saw a, a tremendous spike in usership is because folks were sitting at home and they had some free time. Right. Um, and we, we, that's provable because when folks went back to work, the, their, uh, usership dropped right back to where it was before the pandemic. So I think there's a, there's a group of people who just aren't even thinking about that. Doesn't even occur to them. I think the folks that are sort of dialed in, they, they can see it. But as you said, there's, there, there are just so many moving parts to the success of a business, especially a startup and a, or a tech startup. It's, it's a crapshoot. It's still a crapshoot. Yeah. You can obviously pick a winner, but again, you're talking about horse races at that point. You're, yeah. you're talking about, I was able to, to bet on the success based on, I, I know the CEO, he's, he was successful here, or I believe that the investors are willing to pour as much money in as possible to make it happen. But those are all variables, um, that could change. Somebody could drop dead. The CEO right. dropped dead. Yeah. They yeah. completely change the trajectory of the company. Yeah. Um, so ultimately I think you can do that, uh, and you might be able to find some success with that, but unless you're able to, uh, to, to cue into it, right. To, to really dial into what's going on and, and stay on the pulse, uh, it's going to be very difficult to do. And unfortunately for most people, you, know, you got to go to work, you got to take care of your kids, you got to commute. You're not going to have time to do that. Right. Yeah. And then the, the set, the, just to, to double down on that, the, even a company that has strong fundamentals and is doing well, isn't necessarily going to succeed. I mean, it, there could be a rumor about the, the food they're selling is poison or, and completely false, but people sell the stock off because they're panicking and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. the strong company right. is, is dead. Yeah. It's uh, right. It's crazy. So let me ask you one more question about popularity. Sure. So we live in an era of kind of distrust in a way, I think, because, and what I mean by that is 
I just saw a special on artificial intelligence and it's freaking me out a little bit, but there's that. I mean, there's the fact that we get these emails, these inquiries from so many, including the investment world. Hey, here's a new investment Mm -hmm. opportunity. And they range anywhere from a legit company like Merrill Lynch selling this new money market offering to, hi, I'm the prince of Nigeria and I need you to send me a million (laughs) dollars. And and then and then there's every everything in between, and I think people yeah. are worried about putting their money anyway. Does does popular popularity possibly bring kind of things down to a level that people understand? It is that is that could you yeah. possibly capitalize on this phenomenon? Yeah, I think that is that's the holy grail. If we really want to get people to invest in mass, I believe the 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 sort of critical piece of it is we self-exclude ourselves from existing marketplaces because we don't understand the underlying subject matter. We don't have time to understand it. Like people could understand it, but really it requires time and time is literally money. And so unless you have enough money to afford yourself enough time to do all that research and it's, it's just not going to be possible. The best you could hope for is finding a good financial advisor who will advise you to invest in, in some index funds. At the same time, I think there could be an opportunity for us to sort of remove the veil, make it easy for people to invest and uh, make it safe enough that individual investments can be something that produce a measurable result over relatively short periods of time. And what popularity tries to do is it tries to create this sort of short-term loop short-term feedback loop that's sort of backed by this long-term feedback loop. So just by participating in the marketplace, you're invested in an index fund. Even if you never do anything, as soon as you buy the currency of the marketplace called pop coins, you're invested in an index fund because we use all of the the sort of value to build the value of this, this pop coin. We invest it in index one. So even if you never choose to invest in the Kate Bush song, you're already invested in this sort of long-term investment instrument. What's, what's really cool about popular is you could then take that, that value and multiply. Maybe you choose Kate Bush. Maybe you're like, I know Mariah Carey's all I want for Christmas is going to be popular again right. this year. I'm just going to buy some of that and sit on it. And you, you will see that mul- multiplication based on your knowledge of something that you intrinsically understand. So you get, you get why adventure, adventure movies are, are popular. You get why Drake's music is popular and, and you can kind of feel the, the pulse because you're on Twitter, you're listening to music on Spotify or watching trailers and reading comments on YouTube. This is something that the, the guy who's sitting in the traffic in his commute is going to be able to do because he's already doing it right now. So I think, I think the, the critical piece for us is to, to create a bridge from, I don't, I don't understand this stuff. I don't want anything to do with it to, oh, I get this. This is not so scary. Maybe I can participate in it. Mm. And that's how we get folks to, to really understand the the nature of investment is not this big, scary thing. It's, it's something that everybody can do. It's actually really simple. As long as you don't play the game that the folks who want to remain, keep, keep hold of that, that gigantic share of value want you to play. Mm. You got to play your own game. Mm. Very cool. So the book isn't out yet, right? So we have to, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be out in, uh, in May. Okay. And uh, you can, again, you can go to popularmetry.com. To learn more about what you do, but 
can can people do they still have to wait to actually sign up for this, Richard? Other ways people can support you or, or yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, you could um, you can sign up on, on the website. There's a a wait list. So the more people we have signed up, the better. Obviously, we 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 want to kind of demonstrate that there's a a, a big demand for this. Wait so a minute, you, a you've already signed up you've already. already got a waiting list, or or it's yeah. just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I want to, I want to create this sort of, this sort of fever pitch. Um, I, I sure. want to create the, the cult following you talked about. <laughs> That's <laughs> so. right. Well, yeah, well, sign me up. I, I want to be part of the cult. I want the we'll, hats and we'll, t-shirts and everything. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you one of those nice robes and yeah. <laughs> but seriously, best of luck to you. You're Thank welcome you back so on the show anytime. Cause these are just in- interesting thoughts about something that most people just don't know anything about. Richard Bunbury, hope you had a good time. For sure. Uh, don't forget to check out Pop You Lemetry and look for Richard's upcoming book. If you like this podcast, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows and go to pod617.com if you'd like your own podcast. On behalf of Richard, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody.